This man of God that is getting ready to make his way up here. This is our youth pastor, Armando Blanco, whom God has been using and raising up in the house. And let me tell you, this is a powerful man of God. He is a son to us, a spiritual son in the ministry. And what God has imparted unto us and to his father, the same grace is also with him today. And the same angel that ministers with your spiritual father today is already standing here. And as the angel has ministered with me, he will also minister with you today. So we authorize him and do we release him to flow? Amen. We release him to release to us the message that God has placed in his heart. So right there where you are, I'm going to ask you to receive, receive, and receive. I know we just clapped, but let's clap one more time as he makes his way up here. This, this moment for me is it's priceless because uh, I don't come up here alone. Never do, and I'm never alone to begin with, but especially when I come here and, and I come Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, and now that I have the opportunity to be in front of you, to give a word, to, to come with confidence, to come with, with this I can't, you know, I get stuck a lot, you know? And because I, there's never been a time like this that where the word of God has broken me, has lifted me. And, and a lot of the times, see, for me, is... It's, we get familiar. We get so familiar with scripture. So familiar that it just goes over our head. It's not until, man, uh, you know, I never understood why the, the first time we had uh, we had our, our, our first um, we had our, our, our first membership class, and Pastor Mario said that because we were all giving words to Pastor Fran and Pastor Sergio, and he said, "I thank you for saying yes." You know, this, this was like four four and a half five years ago. That thing went over my head. I'm like, thank you for saying yes. The reason why now I understand is because the word has come alive so surreal in my life that they have been instilling every Sunday, even, even if they don't get nothing back, but they push and push and push. Because if I'm here today, of course, I give God all the glory. It's because of him. It's because of his grace. It's because of his love. It's because of his mercy. I am here. But the disciples couldn't do what, what they did in Acts and Romans if it wasn't for Jesus. Paul couldn't have done what he did if it wasn't for the disciples. So now I am honored to say that because of you and your husband, Pastor Sergio, Mama Fran, I am here right now and I am living in his word. See, 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 you, you, you guys didn't hear me. I said, I'm living in his word. So, so be, before I start, I, I'm going to pray real quick because at Hope Center, you know, Prayer is our heartbeat. So let's all close our eyes real quick. Uh, Father, I honor you. I glorify you, Father. Father, I've been talking to my team, my brothers and sisters, and you've highlighted 
And I've said it plenty and plenty of times, but it did not hit me until now. When has God, when has God ever let you down? And Father, you took me to a place to reflect. You took me to a place to, 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 to just think about every single moment in my life that could have affected me that could have allowed me not to be here today at this very moment. And Father, as I reflected and I look back, the thing that kept me here was your word. And Father, I ask you, I beg of you, Lord. I ask you and I beg of you, Father. Holy Spirit, do not allow your word to stay in these four walls. Allow us to take your word outside. Allow us to live your word. Allow us to jump in your word. Allow your word to grow in us. Father, I thank you and I cannot thank you enough for the word, for the words in the 66 books you have given me. Father, I have made it a desire to want to know every single word you said. Because where you have us now, Father, if we were to enter into Baltimore, we would have been there right now. We would have been in Baltimore right now. But because you've called us to conquer Baltimore, because you called us to conquer Baltimore. Because you've called us to conquer Baltimore. Father, we have to understand that the time that we're living in, your word will stand. Your word will never fall. Your word is everything. Your, your, your word gives life. Your spirit moves because of your word. Your angels move because of your word. And Father, I thank you that you've allowed me to grasp that understanding. And Father, and I ask you, Lord, that, that because you've given me the bread, Father, I ask you that, that you allow me to share it. Because when, what you give me, I eat first, Father. And Father, mm, it was so good. Father, that I am ready to share what you have given me. Father, I honor you and I thank you, Holy Spirit, have your way. Father, I, Holy Spirit, I thank you for every single servant leader in the house. Father, I honor them. I thank you, Father, for the worship team, Lord. I thank you for the pastors of the house. Father, I thank you for the senior and executive pastor of the house. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know, mama friend. Should I go around the bush or should I get to the point? Okay, all right. She said take my time. So, see, every now and then, me and my wife, we, we rearrange our living room. And sometimes we, add, we buy like little things and we add it, you know, to give it, you know, a, a, a different look. Sometimes, you know, we, we break down our sofa and we put it on one wall, the other wall. But we try so many things because, you know, sometimes you just, well, us, we get, you know, we want to do, feel something new. And we've done all these things with our sofas that... This one time, I decided to make this, this one shape, this, the, the letter M, 
with my sofa. And it covered my whole living room from wall to wall. But it took a lot of work. I mean, you know, I had to break down, disconnect, connect back up, organize the pillows. I mean, it was a lot of work. And there was this little crack that separated the wall and the sofa. So when you would come into my, into my house, the first thing you walk into is the living room. So to sit on the sofa, you would have to go into the kitchen, into the dining room, and back into the living room to sit down. But in my mind, I'm expecting, you know, for my wife to be like, oh, my gosh, I love it. Oh, I, 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 this looks so nice. That when she came into the house, I mean, I moved the rug. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of work. I broke a sweat, put it like that. She comes in, and the first thing the love of my life says Nah, this ain't gonna work. My expectation was that she was gonna be surprised, that she was gonna be in awe. And I told her, What you mean this ain't gonna work? You know how long it took me? We were late to, to a place because I did not wanna leave until I finished it. And the only person that can get through that crack between the sofa and the wall was Benny. So he's the only one that didn't have to go through the kitchen into the dining room. So the, the thing was, was that I was trying to impress my wife with the same things. I was trying to get, I was trying to get a reaction out of her, a good reaction with the same things. Because I because I chose to rearrange, give, try to give it some, what, what, what uh, they say, feng shui. Try to give the room feng shui. I didn't get the reaction that I wanted because it was the same thing. I'm going to keep it real. Can I keep it real, baby? Can I keep it real? So I'm talking about so, so, because it didn't excite her, it didn't amaze her, it, it didn't uh, give her the, the reaction that I was looking for, it's because she was familiar with it. I mean, she's seen it. I mean, she's seen it for a year or two years now. And I'm going to keep it real. I got familiar with scripture, so familiar that I have scripture hung up all over my walls, in the kitchen, in the living room, in my bedroom, in my office. Hey, I even got a, uh, we got a scripture on forgiveness and we have a hard time forgiving each other. Then, then to, to take it a little further, my thoughts, how am I going to do this? How is this possible? How am I going to make it? Do we even have enough? Is, is there a way that this, this can be real? Is, is what I'm going to every Sunday or, or the time that I'm sacrificing, the resources, is it worth it? And then I have, I, I, all these thoughts run through my mind. And I have uh, in my office, I have Isaiah 58 verse 11 where it says, uh, I'll read it real quick. It's not, we don't got it up there. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an overflowing spring. So, my sign that I have in my office is where God guides, he will always provide. So why was it that the scripture wasn't enough to come against my own thoughts? 
why was it that my wife, why couldn't I be that man of God, that leader that I am, the pastor that I am? Why couldn't I even hold her down with the scriptures of the Lord? I've dedicated myself to this. I've said, praise Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. But in here, I'm too familiar. Like it, it, it doesn't hit. It's almost like, it's almost like, this is what I was doing. This is what I was doing. Look, I don't want to mess up my hair. I was wearing Jesus on my hat and nothing was happening. I know the name. I, I know what he gives me. I know it's salvation. But that's it. I wasn't experiencing his power. Because if, if I come and I worship and I sit down and I hear a powerful word, and it's not enough for it to affect my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The Lord took me and made me realize as I was reflecting and I was thinking about how good he is, everything that he's done, everything, everything that has come against me, everything that has come against my wife, everything that has come against my family, and he remained faithful. Why was I still struggling? Let's read Mark 11, uh, verse 14. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat from, no, excuse me, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benchers of those selling doves. Let's go to the next one. And would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts as he taught them. He said, it is, it is it not, no, excuse me, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of robbers. We're good. So let's stop right here. So Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, is hungry. So the Bible says that he was hungry. He tries to go find fruit from a fig tree, and the fig tree had no fruit. So then Jesus told the fig tree, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. The Bible said, we read it, that the disciples heard him and then they went on. They went into the Jerusalem. The first place he got to was the synagogue. It was the Passover, the festivals of the Passover. The Bible says there was about 300 to 400,000 people in the city of Jerusalem. So in that city, there was a lot of people, people from all over the surrounding areas, uh, of, of Israel coming to the festival. So as they were coming to the festival, it was, it was a custom, at, you know, when you would go, you would give a sacrifice to the Lord and the Lord would answer your prayer. And the thing was, the, the thing that upset Jesus so much was that, was that the money changers lifted up the currency so they were making money, they were hustling, and then the people that were selling the doves marked them up. Like the gas now. They shut the gas down just to bump it up. Hey, God don't like that. But look, so, so that's what angered Jesus. But then he stopped and said, is it not written? In other words, didn't God say, the one you pray to, the one you worship, 
The one you cry to, the one whose words you memorized, my house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations. I don't even want to begin to list the things that I thought the church was before, before understanding now. I mean, you know, I'm a barber. I'm going to go get some clients. That's why I'm going to church. No, no, no. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. Notice how he said house. That's included in our own homes too. Because that's what, that's what I received. Because then I started reflecting. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I haven't been doing that as much as I should. But he said, my house will be called a house of prayer to all nations. Can I tell you guys something? Jesus doesn't move things. Jesus doesn't put things to the side. Jesus doesn't rearrange the room like how me and my wife rearrange our living room. Jesus flips things. Okay? He flips things. Flips them upside down. Notice how I, I, I can rearrange the living room by myself. But if I want to take things out, what's up, bro? Yeah, you think you can come over to my house? Yeah, I, I, I need help. Okay. See, to take things out, it's not meant to do it alone. Sis, can you go to Joshua first, chapter 6? I mean, chapter 1, verse 6. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So now, so, so now God is instructing Joshua. Joshua was a servant to Moses. Joshua was the one that took up, now that God chose and, and called on to lead the Israelites into the promised land. So Moses died. He went up Mount Nebo for the last time. The Bible says that he died and that the Lord buried him. So he didn't come back down because usually Moses would go up, get a word, and come back down. He would go up, come back, he would go up, get a word, and come back down. So one time he went up, he didn't come back. The Bible says that the Israelites mourned for 30 days. The normal custom time of mourning for Israel was seven days. They mourned 21 more days. The Bible says that there was two million people, two million Israelites mourning Moses' death. And then he, and then what did God do? God called Joshua. Can you put the verse back up, sis, please? Thank you. So he says, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I couldn't help but to put myself in Joshua's shoes. I couldn't help myself because I'm pretty sure that the instructions that God gave Joshua, I, if I put myself in Joshua's shoes, I saw Moses do all these things through the Lord and the Lord did all these things through Moses. I would question, can I do that too? Can I actually uh, be used by God? Am I worthy? Why me? Why? And then the Lord tells them, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. See, there's more claps to come. So, so, Go to the next verses. Then he says in verse 7, the following verse, he repeats himself again. Now he says it 
for the second time. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it. No, do not turn to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. He said it for the second time. So I have this thing where I cannot help but to put myself in people's shoes. Like I have this thing that just, that just brings me to this place that I have to try to feel what that person feels to understand them, to be able to connect with them. So I'm, I'm asking the Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh, all right, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, let me understand this. Because, I, because God said it for the second time. I want to know why God repeated himself. So then he said, be strong, very, be strong and very courageous. He used the word very this time. But then the word obey is there. So when I think about obedience, I'm like, "Ah, obedient. I got to be obedient. That means I can't, I got to stand still. I can't go here. I can't do this. I can't go there. I can't talk this. I can't talk there. I got to stay here. And I feel like when when I think about obedience, it's like I have to stand still. But slowly, when the Holy Spirit comes, I began to think and I began to process that that the thought of being disobedient is you move. You do the things that you want. You, 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 uh, you go places and, uh, and there's no stopping you. But obedient holds you down. When I didn't realize that when you're obedient, everything moves. When you're obedient, everything has to move. Things have to move. Yeah, you guys aren't understanding me. Things have to move when you are obedient. And then he says, all the law my servant Moses gave you. So the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, okay. The words that Moses spoke were the words of the Lord. Hmm. Then it says, do not turn from it. That means stay with it. Don't go to the right or turn to the left. Don't worry about what people are saying on this side. Don't worry about what CNN and Spotify is saying on this side. Don't worry about what the people are saying behind you. That, oh look, where you're going, (laughs) good luck. Don't worry about that. And also, and also don't worry about the people that are in front that maybe they may be doing better than you. No! And then he says, ah, the keys to success. This is the key to success that may, that you may be successful wherever you go. So, so I'm, I'm processing this right now, right? I'm like, okay. All right. Okay. I'm successful. I, I think I've been doing this right. I think I, I, I've been, I think I've been doing good. So then, the next verse. This one right here. This one right here. This this is where God gave me a three-piece and a biscuit. He said, keep this book. He said, keep this book. Not in your bookshelf, but he said, keep this book. of the law, of my word. 
always on your lips. Meditate. Come on. Pop, you spoke about it on KP. Meditate. On it. Day and night. He didn't say during lunch. He didn't say, oh, when you're taking a shower. No, he said day and night. Day and night. That's every second of every minute of every hour. When the sun go up and the sun go down. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now, now when I read this, I was like, oh, this sounds kind of like moving slow. You know, he says, be careful. Be diligent. Keep your eyes open. You know, discernment. I love this one. And then he says, then you will be prosperous and successful. So now, so now it's the second time he says successful or, or succeed. But now he says prosperous. See? Can I keep it real again, baby? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, when I've been disobedient, and the reason why I'm going to say this is because I've experienced his grace. I've experienced his mercy. I've experienced his love through his word. Because not only have I read it, but I've reminded myself and I remind my wife every day, even when I don't want to say it, even when she don't want to listen to it. Let's keep it real. We have that time. That when I, when I was in an area of disobedience, I lacked as a husband. I lacked as a father. I lacked as a worker. I lacked as a leader. I lacked in all areas of my life. And it wasn't, and it wasn't I was being this super disobedient. No, it's just that I didn't catch the little things that were big. Because I chose to listen to what my mind would tell me. Because I, I chose to dwell in my thoughts. I entertained the words that were coming inside of my head and in and out. Because sometimes when you're alone, it's just life just hits you. And then you begin to think, I began to think, I'm sorry, I'm going I'm to I'm say what I thought. Um, I, I began to think, what's going to happen to my kids? do this how, how am I like work isn't work isn't so good right now like everything is going up like money money like the what, what, what I'm making and and where we're at it's, it's not I'm questioning I'm doubting I'm inflicting fear in me without even knowing that it's fear. Because can I say something real quick? Nah, it's, it's going to wait. It's going to wait. Don't worry about it. Listen. Because the key to being not just successful, but also prosperous right here. in our phone now. And in our hardest moments, in our downest times, when the account ain't looking good, don't 
I don't think for myself no more. I remind myself what, what the Lord says to me about me, about where he's taking me. The Lord has made so many promises to my life. Just like he's made promises to every single one of you. And if you guys don't know your promise, guess what? You guys are in a prophetic ministry. You guys are in a ministry where the Holy Spirit moves just like in the book of Acts. So, so you're at the right place. You're at the right place to get answers to questions that you can't get nowhere else. See, I've been telling my wife, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about what's going on. I even told her that, you know, because the word is grabbing my heart so much. I even told her, baby, I'm sorry if in your eyes I may not be understanding to your feelings or your emotions. I love Jesus more than you. I love Jesus more than you. But I know because I love Jesus more than her and I prioritize him, he's going to make me prioritize the thing that comes after him. to the next verse. Mm. Have I not commanded you? Now he's about to say it for the third time. For the third time. I don't know why the the third time is always a charm. When I tell my son, A.B., go take a shower, it's the third one that always, okay, okay, okay. Because, because then I raise my voice and I show him, hey, don't forget who I am. Don't forget that you're there and I'm here. Commanded. Only a king gives a command. Only a master can give a command. Only a CEO can give a command. Only a God can give a command. See, we're going to get to why God said, have I not commanded you in a second? But then he says, be strong and courageous for the third time. This one hit different. I'm I'm not going to lie. This one hit me different. And then he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So when I thought about do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, I began to think about Why did God tell Joshua, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged? Now, this is a command. He's telling him, don't be scared. Don't have fear. Don't let fear grow in your heart. Don't, don't, don't let fear even come around six feet. Let, let's treat fear like coronavirus. Because, because now, because now Joshua is a target. Because God just commanded Joshua 
So be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or discouraged. Because who, who's the only one that comes to inflict fear? Who's the only one that comes to, to discourage us? Who? And his group. Satan and his demons. They're, they're the ones that come and, inf and inflict fear. So guess what? We're targets. Fear and discouragement is going to come towards us. It's going to try to come towards us. So, in Deuteronomy, I think I said that right, chapter 34, at the end, verse 9, as soon as the Israelites, the two million Israelites, were done mourning Moses' death, verse 9 says, says, Joshua, son of Nun, became filled with the spirit of wisdom. He was filled with the spirit of wisdom. So then, I, you know, I, I began to think, I'm like, all right, Lord, all right. So this is the third time. So the first time, the Lord was trying to, hey, yo, you have to do this. This is what I'm going to do through you. The second time, I, I, I think Joshua wasn't battling with his mind as much as the first time. The third time, because the only way, the only way God could finish that verse, because God is not the one to lie. God is not a liar. Put the verse back up, please. He says, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. For the Lord God said, he will be with you wherever you go. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come down and go back up. Would come down and go back up. The Holy Spirit never dwelled in someone. So for the Lord to release that on Joshua, Joshua had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? That I was doing everything right. I was being obedient because I've experienced success in my life. I was being careful to obey his word and, and trying to stay straight. And I've experienced the prosper, the, the, his, his prosperity in my life. But then now, I have all of that. And I thank God, I thank God that now he's allowed me to step in and understand that verse. Because I don't take that verse lightly. The Holy Spirit will not allow me to take that verse lightly. The Holy Spirit is the answer. Sunday after Sunday, Pastor Sergio would preach and it would go over my head. Sunday after Sunday. I never grasped it. I never allowed it to enter. I never allowed to live in it. So now, now that God told Joshua have I not commanded you he told him yo I'm the owner of everything that land you're going to get I made that because see Joshua needed to go there because God is the one to fulfill every single promise that he says even the, the promises in the Bible and the promises in our life because without that land, the Messiah couldn't be born. 
Without that land, the ultimate sacrifice wouldn't be able to be done because God is a God of his word. He needed that land. And because he created it, it's his. So basically he's telling him, yo, I'm taking you to my land, to what I made. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You ain't got nothing to think twice about. There should not one second in your life you should ever think twice. Because a lot of us, a lot of us have a lot of things that we need to, that, that, that we need to achieve. There's a lot of things that God has put in our hearts. Talents that he has given us. Places that where our name is already at. And he's waiting. He's simply waiting for us to understand. That we need the Holy Spirit. You want to keep struggling? I would say I'll struggle with you, but I'm not. I choose not to. Believe me, I, I would never want you to do things alone. So then in verse 10, I, we don't have the verse. Now Joshua gives a command. Ain't that funny? took three times and the last one was the charm for Joshua to give a command for Joshua to understand hey I'm not alone he gave a command he told all all the Israeli officers to go and get all the camps and get together get ready because we're about to cross the Jordan River we're about to go get the land that we that you have promised Abraham So then this brings me back. Can you put the last verse on Mark 11, please? So this brings me back. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look. Jesus, look. And this, in today's translation would be, OMG, the fig tree you cursed has withered. See, the disciples, the disciples saw Jesus get baptized, saw heaven open up, saw the the Holy Spirit come down in, in shape of a dove, saw the heavens open up, heard God's voice, then went to a wedding, saw Jesus turn water into wine, Then they saw him teach in the synagogues of Galilee. And then they saw Jesus tell a plant, a tree. I mean, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. And they they heard him say, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. I mean, he has been praying all night. He's probably cranky. And then they leave the synagogues after Jesus just flipped the tables and and inflicted fear into the Pharisees. Because that's what Jesus does. Demons have to run at his name. So then, Peter, whoa, hey, Jesus, the fig tree you cursed has withered, it has died, it has dried up. it's, It's not even alive. Peter didn't understand that Jesus gave a command. Jesus, Jesus gave a command. Peter did. Peter was still trying to understand who Jesus was. But I I put my bottom dollar on it that Peter, that flipped Peter's life upside down. Because then now he saw, he's like, what? In a matter of hours, 
this tree was alive and you said a couple words and now it's gone. The same way his word, when the thoughts are growing, when the thoughts are getting bigger, I tell you, use his word. You gotta use his word. Because the same way the fig tree died, the same way those thoughts will die, the same way the fig trees withered, so will those evil thoughts, those negative thoughts that you have not only on yourself, not only on your children, not only on your neighbor, but that thing will wither and die. It has no place when Jesus is in the room. Nothing can live if it's not from heaven. It can't be here. Jesus. experienced God in my house like I have been experiencing him. I'm excited for the sun to go down. I'm excited for my kids to go to sleep because there's still so much more words I need to learn. There's still so, so many more promises that I need for my life. Because as, as my pastor, spiritual mother, gave a word to my wife, she said, eat good, the road is long. Guess what? You think she's going to make it alone? Huh? Oh. What does that mean? I gotta step up. So this means that you got to step up. Because I would tell my wife day in and day out, the sooner you realize and understand it's not about you. It's never been about you. Jesus the sooner you'll find peace in your heart God didn't bring us together to divorce I, I, I can't I cannot love her continue loving her for this, the same way because she needs new love the deeper I fall in love with the Lord, the deeper I fall in love with you. The more time I spend with the Lord, the more time I spend with you. The more of his word I receive and I take in and I hold and I grasp and I hold on to and I make it a part of me the more the word becomes a part of you If God wanted to send Joshua into the promised land to just enter it, he wouldn't have made it so tough. It, it should have been easy. It would have been easy. But his desire was for Joshua to conquer the promised land. the same way it is for us. 
Yeah, right now, yeah, we made it look impossible because, yeah, we're not, we don't have the best numbers. But God isn't looking for numbers. God isn't looking for the big group. God is looking for a group that will all come together and agree that God isn't the God to take us places just to enter, but that God is a God that will take us places to conquer. If we were, if we were to enter Baltimore, we would have leased the building. But he wants us to conquer Baltimore. That's why he's pushing us to buy. God, I never, I, Mama Frank, I never understood it like I understand it now. As, as the Lord was preparing me, as the Lord was talking to me in prayer, and I would go back, I would write, and I would go back and pray, and I would come back. Where God guides, he will always provide. I went into the Bible, and I looked at it. verse and I was like okay that's deep and I was about to close the Bible read the next verse to this church God highlighted it and it brightened my room because I was in the dark restore hope restore community Isaiah 58 verse 12 says some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Hey. We're not going to Baltimore to do church, to have a program. That's not where we're going. somebody that where where we're going we need to understand and take it up engrave it in our hearts put it in our mind that we have come to conquer Mama friend, there's something in there too, in Isaiah 58, 12, that me and my wife, we prayed over and we put it there because like I said before I started, that if it, that if it wasn't for Moses, Joshua wouldn't be able to take it up. If it wasn't for Jesus, the 12 disciples could not do what they did. Paul wouldn't have been able to do if it wasn't for his disciples. And Paul did more. And they walked with Jesus. But it's just something that just stirring up in my spirit that Paul grabbed his word totally different from the 12 disciples. We gotta understand. We gotta take it in. Pastor Sergio and Pastor Fran, they deserve to be honored. 
And mama friend, I'm honoring you today. In there, there's two things. I'm giving it to you because what you've given me and Pastor, you and Pastor Sergio have given me and my wife, we can't give it back because we have what you have. But what God has given me, I give to you. And I know, and I know what, what's in there. It's not a lot, but it's a start. And Pastor Fran, I want to say that I honor you. I thank you. I thank your husband, the spiritual father of this house, for allowing me to experience the Holy Spirit the way I have. For allowing the word to sink in my, in my core, in my heart, in my mind, the way it has. Pastor Fran, I will not be those den of robbers that were inside the our father's house in, in, in Mark. I refuse to be. And the way I am not going to be a robber is because if I hold on to his word and I do what you are doing, I will not be a robber. I will not stop anyone. I will not hold anyone back. Pastor Frank, me and my wife, we honor you and your husband. My spiritual father, Pastor Sergio Chavez.